Hey guys, what's going on? It's Barry, aka Mr. Consistency, and I just want to welcome you to my podcast where I uh, cover mainly financial topics and stuff that should have been taught in high school, but it probably wasn't, Uh, so I'm going to try and help you out with that. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking a little bit about timing, Um, and I'm not talking just about watches and and clocks here. I'm talking about uh, when you do something, when you execute something, uh, timing should have a lot to do with uh, when you execute. So it's funny because it's something that just, it easily gets looked over, Um, but timing really is such a crucial part of life, and it can really, uh, it can greatly affect our productivity, our efficiency, and just our our overall effectiveness of of what we're trying to do. So uh, let let me dive in a little bit, and you can kind of see what I'm talking about. So in general, um, there is some timing that we are taught naturally and socially. So what I mean by that is like you're, you're having a conversation with uh, maybe one friend or maybe a group of friends. And for the most part, you speak in turn, right? Somebody says something, you wait for them to finish, then you reply. And then they wait for you to finish and they reply. And you're, you're, you're speaking in turn most of the time. And this is, this is what's taught. It's, it's you have something to say and you wait for the right time to say it, right? Sometimes you may already have an agenda of what you want to say, but you're, you're holding back because the other person's speaking. And sometimes they'll actually address something that you were going to say, but now you're kind of glad you didn't say it because you were a little patient. So that, that came with a little bit of timing, right? Uh, another one is, you know, say you're making uh, dinner date plans. You, you have a date and you want to you make plans. Well, to make plans at, you know, four in the afternoon on a Wednesday, probably not a good idea because you're working or, or your date's working or whatever. So, you know, planning a Friday night or a Saturday night when, when things are a little more lively is probably a better timing to, to plan that date. Um, you know, some things are, are less obvious, maybe like getting a job. So you, you're getting older, you hit 16, 17, something like that, and at some point you realize, I need money, oh, I need to get a job. Or your parents tell you to get a job, or whatever the case is. And so you, okay, I'm going to go get a job. Or maybe it's, okay, you're finished with high school, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, somebody says, go to college. Okay, well, I guess now's the time, right? We, we've all heard that saying, now's the time. Um, so all these, these different ways uh, were taught to some degree naturally and socially on what timing should be. You know, you, you learn from a, as a little kid, some of the timing is you wake up, you get dressed, then you go to school or work. You don't think much about it, but imagine if you change that timing. How about you go to work and then you get dressed? 
Wouldn't that be a little different, right? Uh, you know, you buy a car to get around when you get to the point where you need to be independent enough to, to get around. So these are all generalities of timing that we learn on certain areas of, of what to do. The problem is there's no timing 101 in high school or college, right? You just you kind of go whatever and people say, well, you do it when it feels right or do it when you think it needs to happen. That's such a general <laughs> such general advice. And you, know, you can say, well, what's, what's wrong with general advice? Sometimes it works. Yeah, sometimes. But we don't really learn much from generalities. So imagine if you didn't know how to ride a bike and I was teaching you how to ride a bike and I taught you in generalities. I would say, well, you sit on the bike and you ride it and you, you steer it where you want it to go. Now, is that all truthful? Well, yeah, but it's pretty general, right? Try telling your, your four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old, sit on the bike, now ride it and steer it where you want to go. They're not going to get it, right? Because you're trying to teach them in generalities. The specifics are really what help you learn how to accomplish a task effectively. So going back to riding a bike, maybe you're, you're, you tell your kid, okay, you're going to sit on the bike, you grab the handlebars, first thing you do is push off, get, get a little speed, then you put your feet on the pedals, then you start pedaling, once you get going, then you worry about steering, then you can steer the bike where you want to go, right? It's a little bit of a process, a couple steps involved, and then then they have to kind of do it, right? It, nothing really teaches like experience. So what I'm going to try and do is, is teach on some specifics of timing on different occasions as you go through life. Um, you know, we, we really need to... The, the, one of the things that I want to um, emphasize here is you need to dig into the specifics to be really effective. Now, this goes, you know, I, I'm, I'm referencing timing, but really just specifics um, of whatever you're doing helps you become more effective. Like I said with the bike, you could say the timing is get on the bike, pedal the bike, now you're riding the bike. Yeah, that's the timing is there, but let's talk about the specifics. You're not gonna worry about steering the bike until you get going, right? So there's a timing issue. And you're not gonna worry about pedaling the bike until you have your feet on the pedals. And you're not gonna worry about that until you've actually, you know, got a hold of the bike and, you know, maybe pointed it in the general direction you wanna go. So there is timing involved. Um, but I wanna make sure that you, you know, dig into the specifics of whatever you're trying to accomplish and that's gonna help you be really effective, not just the generality. So. Um, some examples here are, let's talk about the housing market, okay? Maybe some of you have bought houses, maybe some of you are looking, whatever. Well, the general thought is, for a house is, well, buy low, sell high. 
right? Buy it cheap and sell it, sell it when it's worth more. Same thing with the stock market, buy low, sell high. That's pretty general. So, okay, now Apple stock. Okay, if you wanna make money, buy low, sell high. That doesn't help, right? It's too general. So you need to dig into the specifics of that stock or that house or the housing market and what is it doing and you know what what cycles is it running through and and you know what what the specifics of a house the size the neighborhood all these different things the stocks how's the company doing what is there new changes take all this into account and that's going to help you dig into the specifics So obviously there's a lot of areas that I could talk about um, how to figure out the best timing in. And my goal here is really just to kind of get you started in some of the, some of the areas. Um, the one in particular that I'm going to start off with is, um, we'll, we'll say buying a car. Realistically, you could replace car with house and, you know, a couple other things. Um, but because most of us, uh, cars are, are just really important, and I've actually got a buddy going through this right now, so it kind of ties in really well. Um, so if you're looking at buying a car or have bought a car, um, maybe you can reflect on it and see wh- where you could have gone better or worse. Um, but the best time to buy a car is when you do not need it. You can replace that with boat if you're looking for a boat or motorcycle or any of that. Best time to buy it's when you don't need it. What that does is it, it does a couple things for you. The best thing it does is it helps pull the emotion out of the deal. So if you are, you know, let's let's play this out. Say you've got a, a full-time job, right? You you need to get to work so you can show up and and get paid and pay all your bills, right? So it's pretty important that you get to work. Now, if your car breaks down, that can give you a headache, right? And hopefully you figure out a way to to get it repaired or whatever. But say they, you know, they tell you, man, this thing's shot. You just, your car is done. You need to get a new car. Well, now all of a sudden, panic and, and stress and all these things come into play because you're thinking, oh, dude, I don't have any money saved up for a down payment on a car. I, I don't want it to have a payment right now. Um, you know, I don't have time to shop for a car. The list goes on and on of not good things for you, right? Um, so what happens is now now you're like, dang, I, I got to get a car. So you go to the, the local uh, used car lot or whatever, and you're looking around, and you're kind of at their mercy or at the just different dealer's mercy of, what they have in stock, the color, the model, the trim, the price, all these, you can't dictate because you need something now. So what happens is that emotion, that stress is coming into the deal. And most of the time, not only will the dealers see it, but even if they don't, you end up talking yourself into something that you probably shouldn't do because you say, well, I need something. I need to get to work. So you end up buying maybe a more expensive car than you should have or maybe not the right model or, or just get the best deal on it because you, you just need it now, right? So there's multiple ways there that you're, you're uh, doing a disservice to yourself, right? You also... You don't have time to research 
what what vehicle you want or what trims are good or what models are bad or what prices should be. You have no time to research. And remember how I, I kind of talked in the first segment is that's kind of 101 of, of timing is being able to do your research and find out more information about what you're trying to do. So if car breaks down on Monday and you're out there, you know, Monday night looking for a car, you know, and hey, there's this truck for sale and it's this miles and this amount and there's this van for sale and it's this miles and this amount. Do you know what the what those vehicles should be going for price-wise with, with the miles and the trim that they have? Do you know the pros and the cons of that particular year and make and model? You probably don't because you didn't have time to do your research. So you could end up getting into a, 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 another junk car and now that's going to give you more problems and you're just compounding these problems because you, you, you didn't buy at the right time. You really need to buy when you don't need it. So what that means is maybe, maybe you're planning on um, updating your vehicle. Maybe you said, yeah, this one's 10 years old. I kind of know it's on its last leg. Great. Start looking now. Start doing your research now into what what vehicles you may want maybe test drive a couple um, go look at them so you can see what kind of condition they're in what kind of price they're going for so you can start doing your research now and you're not super rushed then after some time you know you've, you've narrowed it down to maybe the year the make the model the trim the miles the price you know this so now you can really start intentionally looking to buy one uh, while your other vehicle's still, you know, still working for you. So you, you're looking, and because you have time, if if you see what you're looking for, but maybe it's not the right price, start working the deal. Start now. Start saying, you know, hey, I want to, I like this vehicle, but here's what I'm willing to pay. Maybe the dealer says no. Okay, no problem. Then you move on. You keep looking, but now you've planted the seed in that dealer's mind that you want that vehicle. Maybe in two or three weeks you go back, if they still have that vehicle, you say, hey, I'm still interested, I'm still interested at this price. Maybe they're willing to negotiate on the price more. Um, if they don't, that's fine. By this time, hopefully you've found other vehicles and you start, you start looking for the good deals, the ones that are in the right condition and shape and color and location and all that that you're looking for and at the right price. You also, this also gives you time to, to plan your funding whether that means saving up for one or saving up for a down payment or going to your, your credit unions and getting pre-approved. You know, that was something that, that I learned kind of early on. I was 18, 19, 20, something like that. I started figuring out like, man, I get a lot better interest rate if I go through my credit union than if I go through the dealer. But the other thing is then I'm not faced with that embarrassing denial if I don't have good enough credit or uh, income to, to buy the vehicle I'm hoping for, right? They run your credit and you're waiting and you're really at the dealer's mercy. But if I go in when I don't need to, and I, I, it's in the, maybe the short near future, I, I go into the credit union, I get pre-approved. Maybe I get approved for the amount I want, maybe I don't, but then I know what I'm working with. And so maybe I need to lower my expectations a little bit, you know, if, um, on what I'm shopping for. So it gives you just a lot of time to plan everything out, to put some work into it, and in the end, you end up with a much better deal. Now, this also sets you up for part two. You know when the best time to sell a car is? Wait for it. When you don't need to. 
right? So the same thing can happen if you are, you know, and I see this all the time with cars, guns, watches, all kinds of different things. People are hurting for money. They lose their job or they're, they're down on hours or something. They're wanting money. So now they say, you know what? Hey, I got a, I, I got a watch I can sell you. I got a gun I can sell you. I got a car, a motorcycle I can sell you. And so they're hurting for money, right? Because they, they, they didn't plan well. So now they're hurting for money. And what happens is this car that normally would go for $10,000, you know, fair market value, they're hunting around. Well, nobody wants that exact vehicle or nobody's really looking for it. So what do they do? They start dropping their price and they're dropping their price. And then they find somebody, you know, maybe like me that isn't looking for that particular vehicle, but I have the money to buy it from them. And I said, well, here's the thing, you know, yeah, it's a nice truck. And, you know, I understand you're asking eight grand, which, you know, it's kind of fair. Okay. I don't really need a third vehicle, a fourth vehicle, whatever. I'm, you know, but I kind of want to help you out. But, uh, you know, I I don't really want the vehicle. I don't even know what I'm going to do with this thing. So you give them an offer. Well, you know, I got six grand cash laying around. Oh, man, that's too low. Hey, dude, I, you know, I'm not the bad guy here. I'm not going to you trying to buy the vehicle off you. You're coming to me wanting to sell it. And you want cash right now? Well, it's going to be on my terms. Because remember, he's not planning. I am. I'm always, I've always got my eye out for a good deal. So what happens is the deal ends up going through. He sold the vehicle for much less than what it was worth. So, you know, he, he took a hit. That's so... That's why it's important, you know, timing on selling the vehicle as well. Um, whereas if you have, you're not in the need. Like right now, I, I've currently got, my wife's got a vehicle and I've got two vehicles. Neither one I actually need to get to work. Uh, I have a work vehicle. So I have two vehicles, but I did this both on them. I bought them when I did not need them. I had another car when I bought one and then I sold that one. Then I bought another car and now I'm trying to sell the first one. And so I'm always in a shuffle. And you think, oh, that, you know, must be nice. Well, first of all, you you'd obviously need to have the income and the credit to be able to do that. But I did it both those with the, well, more so the second one. The first one, I just really liked the car. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, and I still do. My wife loves it as well. But the second vehicle I bought for the sole purpose of flipping. I bought it. I was watching the market for about a year. I bought it at what was considered below market value now I get to drive it and enjoy it for a little bit and then I held on to it through the uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and, and all these holiday times where thing cars typically don't move well and I'm waiting till February March April when people start getting tax returns people start spending again that's when I'll put it back up on the market and hopefully you know pocket a couple grand so I I've I understand this timing of I bought it when a guy was trying to get rid of it, get rid of it fast, because he was trying to do some things. So I, I, you know, saw the opportunity there, and I seized it. Now I hold on to it, I enjoy it, then I'm going to sell it when, when I can get more for it. So it works, it works on both ends, buying a car and selling a car. Same thing with the boat, same thing with the house. You know, now sometimes, you know, I understand it can definitely be a lot, it's cars are one thing. But houses, I go, how do I buy another house when I don't need it and then sell my house, you know, when I don't need to? 
yes, it is much harder. And that's why it's all the more important to make sure that your income is up, your, your savings, your credit, all these things are in line so that at some point you're able to do that. Um, and, and really seize uh, both ends of the timing coin, so to speak. So, uh, like I said, that, that can really be played out in a lot of different uh, items. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're looking for a TV. And, you know, for the most part, the, the market doesn't change much. But sometimes it is about the timing. It's about waiting for the, the right sale um, and, and getting it at a discount. Um, you know, just but but again, all the these timing factors. I'm just giving you examples here of why it's important, and and a little bit of um, examples to so you can start applying that to different things. Um, you know, with a job. Now you're not buying something, but you're doing something. You're trying to get something accomplished, right? Remember that this whole timing and execution is really about trying to uh, increase your productivity, your efficiency, and your overall effectiveness. If you're trying to be effective at getting a new job or getting a a promotion or something like that, timing applies. So the best time to look for a job is when you already have one or when you don't need one, either way. Um, Because what happens is when you're in the job market, and you guys I'm sure can all relate, if you've been looking for a job because you're unemployed, it's hard to find a job. Well. There, then that's a whole nother segment on you know what you should settle for and being humble and all that. But for the most part, I think you guys could agree that if you're looking for a job when you don't have one, it could be a little tight and you're just not finding what you want. So you end up getting a job that you're not really happy with. And what do you end up doing? As soon as you start that job, you start looking for a job again, right? Because you, you already know you're not going to be happy there, but something's better than nothing. Now you're starting to actually inherently fall into the right timing cycle. Yes, now that you have a job, the best time to find a new job is, is now. It's, it's when you already have one. So, you know, it's the same thing. Um, if, if you've been in a job for a while, maybe there's some things that you've, you've capped out or you, your button head's too bad with management and you've just decided it's time to move on, then yeah, start looking now. Don't quit and then once you're unemployed, then start looking for one. It, it makes it a lot harder. So this, this, this uh, timing issue, number one concern is really just do it when you don't need to do it, right? Um, think about dieting and health. When's the, the best time to go to the gym? When you, when, you, when you can, right? When you're healthy and you can move and, and you're not really overweight or, or anything of that nature, that's the best time to go to the gym because you actually feel decent, and so it doesn't hurt as bad or is as hard to work out as if, you know, I, I feel bad. I, I've seen these, these TV shows that was it my 800-pound life or whatever it is. And you think, man, that's really bad people get to that position. And yes, it is. It, it's sad. But what happens is that didn't happen overnight. There was a point when they could walk around and they could lift weights and they didn't. And they, they could have controlled their eating habits and they didn't. That would have been the best time to start going to the gym. You know, I know that's that's what I do. I, I've unfortunately I, I'm not as hardcore as I used to be six days a week, but I still try and get in at least two to three times a week. 
and a lot of people say, man, you know, why, why, why do you bother with the gym? Or, or especially more so when I was working out and I, I definitely looked the part, I'd go six days a week and they said, man, why do you go so much? Because that's what keeps me the way I am. I don't want to wait till I'm 50 pounds overweight because now it's a lot harder to run and cycle and lift weights and all that, right? Because you're out of shape. It's even harder. So I, I guess the main takeaway is, you know, with timing is do it when you don't need to do it because then you have time to research, plan, and, and you pull your emotion out of it. Um, and when, when emotion's out of it, you make a lot more rational uh, decision that will make sense and that, in that, uh, that'll hold up to the test of time. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode. And as always, uh, check out my webpage for any new content. That's at mrconsistency.com. You can follow me on Instagram at mrconsistency, spelled M-R-C-O-N-S-I-S, the number one, the number zero, C. Uh, and you can also check out my YouTube channel for any uh, new content I've got posting going on there. And if you have any topics that you want me to discuss, uh, go ahead and email me at mrconsistency18 at gmail.com.